Hey, Curtis. Hey, Oz. What do you got for us this week? This week, we're watching Miracle meets Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, <laughs> crossed with Blazing Saddles, with a bit of Roadhouse. <laughs> this week, we're watching 1977's Slapshot. It's it's hockey on horses with guns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I went with the language and the inappropriateness of blazing oh, saddles. Oh, ab- yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And the Paul yeah, and Newman and uh, yeah, Paul Newman and George, not... and George and George Roy Hill. Yeah, George Roy mm-hmm. Hill and the nonstop fighting. Yes, <laughs> so... exactly. The nonstop fighting. <laughs> so where yeah. does Miracle come in? A hockey or <laughs> Kurt Kurt Russell's a big fan of slap shots. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, listeners and viewers, to another week of Let's Talk About Flicks, a weekly <laughs> podcast where we take a monthly theme and alternate bringing movies to satisfy the theme gods. Yep, uh, yep. I'm one of your hosts, Oz. And I'm the other host, Curtis. And this week, we do have another sports comedy for you. Uh, as mentioned, 1977's uh, George Roy Hill, uh, Paul Newman classic, Slapshot. Uh, before we get into too far, though, we want to make sure we give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers, Don S. and Melissa L. Thank you for helping us keep the lights on um, because it gets really dark around here at night. If... <laughs> so... <laughs> they come by and literally just flip the switch for us. Yeah. In, in the words of Will Ferrell from uh, Bla- Blades of Glory, uh, night is a really dark time for me. So... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that line. <laughs> so, to which Napoleon Dynamite instantly checks him with, night's a dark time for everybody. So, uh, so thank you, Don S. and Melissa L. for your patronage. If you would like to help us out uh, and help us keep all the lights on, uh, you could hit the link down below, hit patreon.com, and uh, give us some of your shekels. Uh, we can put them to use. Uh, but, but give us, give us some shot. Give us some rupees. <laughs> <laughs> rupees <laughs> we can even barter no we could no bartering and there's no bartering in podcasting <laughs> Pod, podcast is a you know it's a it's a dog eat dog world out here for every every patreon dollar it is we vie for them that's right only, only so much to go around yeah i we don't even know much about movies we just <laughs> no <laughs> We're just doing this for the capitalistic nature of it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, and this and this is the most profitable platform there is. So that's what it we is. Chose this no, one. no platform <laughs> makes more money. Assuredly, makes more money <laughs> no. than podcasting. Well, yeah, when it comes to the film industry, if you don't have a podcast, you don't have a buck. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say when it comes to any industry, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, the audio format is great for a visual medium <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> all right so slap shot slap uh, shot <coughs> so, oz what oh, kind of characters we got it's it's my week to lead uh, the narrative it so is, it's your week it to is. give us some characters i've got six names uh there's more i mean you could go on and on and on about characters uh, yeah there's a big cast list for this there's yeah, lots of lots yeah. of here and there characters but, but how I'm many of them really matter exactly i'm going to kind of stick with uh those that get some plot based story sure. time uh we're going to start with reggie uh the of player coach 
of the Charlestown Chiefs, played by Paul Newman. Um, he's an aged hockey player that is he's middling around in this independent league. Is is get the vibe? This is where he's been forever. He's no he's no Crash Davis that spent some time in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a kind of a shuckster. Um, nice guy, cares about yeah. his team, but. Uh, uh, and they come up later, like, not really quite sure what his ulterior motive is through the majority of the movie. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the actor known as Paul Newman, you may better know him from his line of salad dressing. Yes. <laughs> yes. His Caesar salad dressing yeah. is chef's yep. kiss. Uh, <laughs> I think he found a craft, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Paul Newman <laughs> yes. is the salt Paul, bay Paul... of salad dressing owners. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Newman's craft French dressing. Yeah, and if and if salad dressing is not your thing, you probably know him from stock car racing. So he's a he's yes. a race car guy uh, that dabbled in film for a bit, a little uh, bit here and there. Yeah, and I mean he's really worked on his looks over the years. He's finally aged into a handsome man. He was kind yeah. of a homely looking creature for a while. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to make eye contact with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of <laughs> a lot of men in suit films early in his career for, for Paul Newman. <laughs> Uh, so, so we got Reggie to start. We uh, we've also got Braden, who is probably by far the best hockey player on the team. Yes, yes, the most uh, skilled hockey he, player. Yes, and the and the most serious hockey player on the team. Mm-hmm. Like he is, uh, you you get the vibe that he's your like triple A lifer in baseball. Yeah, the guy who has the chops, but there's never a spot for him. Yeah, um, yeah there's a there's a ceiling so, there. He just doesn't have yeah, that little extra gets, oomph. Yeah, he gets very frustrated uh, at a lot of the antics uh, in the movie, but we'll let you get to that the plot. But yeah, Braden is kind of a tortured soul of a lot of talent without a viable place to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have through McGrath in here. Sure. What What's McGrath's role? Is he the puppet? I think, I think he's, he's the, the. I think he's the general manager. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. he's not the owner. We find that out no. later. No, he's the but general he's manager. Also not. Yeah, he acquires player you know players personnel it, again yeah, it's a small it. it's a sense. small town team so he also does like marketing yeah. and things like that too <laughs> <laughs> right. lines up lines up their their wardrobe presentation yep <laughs> yeah but mcgrath is uh if 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 reggie's kind of a just kind of a wishy-washy soul mcgrath is by far you know we got to make a buck mm-hmm. um you know and he com- complete with his like fedora and you know you know that in a 70s film if there's a businessman in a fedora you know he's on the the side of of money making yep um and so he's he's i thought he was a funny character so <laughs> he's the mr krabs uh, yes of the yes, movie he is definitely the mr krabs of the movie uh <laughs> we got a couple a couple of ladies here we've got francine which is reggie's uh estranged wife yes yeah good word good, good word because, for it yeah only because they haven't gotten divorced. Um, they're not really on again ever. Yeah. <clears throat> but they do care about each other. They're yeah. friendly with each other. Uh, you know, Reggie being, I don't think Reggie's ever seen an open door he hasn't gone into. Uh, mm-hmm. So he, I think he thinks there's more to their relationship than Francine does. But she realized I married a hockey player and this is what I get. Yeah. But she's come she, over those chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's come past those challenges, and she's on the other side and realizing that life is fine. I, I, I deserve better than this. Uh, we have Lily, who is Braden's wife, who is, yes. um, yeah, like a, if you're looking at like a Back to the Future 2, where you've got old Biff and young Biff, 
those scenes together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Francine would be the old Biff and Lily would be the young Biff. Uh, of of yes. Lily is going through what Francine has been through. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, you know, you'll, we'll get into the plot. Reggie is a, he's a big, he's, he, he understands that. He sees that and he helps those yeah. two unite to, to help Lily through her frustrations. Uh, and then the last, only because they're fun. I just threw the Hanson brothers. Of course, brothers you, you can't not mention the Hanson brothers <laughs> right. on Slapshot. So, yeah. And, uh, and this is, this is the, 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 the Mbop trio yeah. uh, of the, uh, <laughs> of the late nineties. This, I, that I just, I'm not even talking about the hockey players. I just wanted to talk about Hanson. Hanson, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean that song plays so often during this movie. It's it's basically yeah, well, just a two, well, two hour music video. Yeah, and, and I'm going to call you on that because I don't think there was room for this song because there were two other songs that they played constantly yeah. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't just pieces of the score. They were legit musical pieces that just kept playing. Like, yes, over wow. and over and over. So. And, but and that's I'm what forget- I got. There are. S- go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. I was just, there's several other characters in here. Most of them hockey players. You've got the owner, uh, Anita, who's in like AC. Like there, there's just yeah. there's a. You've got the you you know it's it's a team it's a team sport. So you're gonna have a team of of characters, and you've got the commentator, mm-hmm. and you got the radio guys. I mean, there's a lot going on. But but I would say those first five. Reggie, Braden, McGrath, Francine, and Lily are probably the backbone yeah. of the plot. Uh, the Hanson brothers are just in there. And I won't even say for comic relief because the whole movie's funny, but the Hanson brothers are in there just because what's a hockey team without goons? So Yeah, especially a 70s hockey team. <laughs> we're, only exactly. a hand, we're only a handful of the players are wearing helmets. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. One. I think there was one player with a helmet on and another one with a hockey mask, and everybody else mm-hmm. is just skating around yep. bald. <laughs> <coughs> So that that's the plot, or that's the plot. Everybody. Yeah, that's it. We'll see you next yeah. week, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I realize I put my characters under the plot line. So, uh, all right, but there we go. That's it for for the characters. Yeah. So speaking of plot, folks, Slapshot does have a plot, although a lot of it is just kind of hockey goonery and 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 people's yeah. reactions to the hockey goonery. We open with uh, with a fun little sequence. I was debating whether to bring this up or not, but I, I love it so much. It opens on uh, a local TV sports anchor talking with the the uh, dual language goalie. You get the idea that he's he's probably more comfortable <laughs> in French than in English. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it just there's a little back and forth there. The hockey player, it's is it D- Denny Lemieux? Uh, yeah. He's very un- unkempt. You could tell immediately he's a hockey player, not just because of how he's dressed, but because of the <laughs> right. heavy French accent, as well as how he looks and how he responds. Um, he demonstrates the different penalties on the anchor, to which you could hear the anchor kind of groaning in pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then it, I love the little end line here in reference to the penalty box, because that's where you go, you know, when you commit a penalty. And then <laughs> yeah. the, the, the quote from Dinny is, you feel shame and then you get free. <laughs> that's 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 your um, hockey player emotional reaction to being yeah, in a penalty yeah. box. You feel shame. Mongo is game of life. It's yeah, pawn and game of life. Yeah, they're real deep. I think Danny Lemieux is he's real. Yeah, deep. He is. In, in some ways, that line I think kind of kind of summarizes the movie. You feel shame. Yeah, and then you get free. Yeah. 
That that really yeah, does kind of capture the the, um, the <coughs> plot threads, the um, like some of the character arcs of the movie. There's shame, oh, there's sure. shame, and then you get past the shame. Then you're free. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut to uh, the players getting introduced at the local game, the Charlestown Chiefs. Uh, as the players are being introduced, they are being berated, verbally berated by the fans. Mm -hmm. Very colorful language, I will say, that some of yeah, the fans <laughs> choose to use. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the first movie I've seen in a long time where the where, where the language is in Technicolor. They had to bring in a special CG team just for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's like my, it's like all the colors of My Little Pony and Rainbow Bright and Care Bears yes. all together in in language yes. form. Very colorful. Language. To say the language in this movie is colorful is a bit of an understatement. Uh, that will c yeah. come up surely later on uh, for better and definitely for worse. I think a little. <laughs> yeah. I think a little later in the show once we get to the three, two, ones. Uh, one of us, I'm sure, will bring that up. Uh, I love how the opening credits just play over the American flag. Yeah, I love I that because this movie really yeah. is kind of like, like the glorification of violence. Like, is it some and, and how people mm -hmm. respond to it? And there's some irony at the end as as well. But it's just violence is inherently American. We we love our we love our fights. We love our goons. We love our gladiators. Yeah. As we talked about last week with yeah. Bull Durham, we love our gladiators. Yep. We go to an arena or a stadium. Or a field, and we watch our gladiators entertain us for two to three hours at a time. Or, or even a television show in the 80s called American Gladiators. <laughs> a little more literal, yes. Where you had these yeah. action, you know, basically action figures out there yes. know, fighting against the smaller competitors. Yeah, the average man. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, Reggie Dunlop. Uh, we, we get a little game sequence at the beginning here again. He's the, uh, he's the, the uh, as Oz said before, he's the. The coach player there. <laughs> you get an idea of how the uh, how the character interactions happen on the ice very early, so that the center for the other team is is drunk. His wife left them, yeah, and so Reggie and the team clearly take advantage of that. Although um, they go down two nothing early, but Ned Braden weaves through and scores a goal. Uh, he makes eye contact with his wife in the stands. Lily, Lily is there supporting ned however she is very unhappy oz and she's also oh, yes. very drunk as well she says she's very drunk i believe that she's very drunk because she's very drunk but um she didn't like like i don't know i've i've probably mentioned it before uh in our history of shows mm -hmm. but um like i've seen drunk people uh you know i've seen drunk women and Lily Braden, as a as a character, she either holds her liquor very well, as she's having coherent conversation, as she's the whole whole time like I've been plastered for weeks. I, I get the impression that she's a functional drunk, and that she's she's yeah, it, a very a very and she's been doing this for a while. Um, <laughs> a little later on, it's revealed that uh, Ned is the only one on the team who is both American and has a college education. Which, yes. which is brought up explicitly because that makes him sort of the outsider. That makes him the one that's right. kind of different from the others, as you alluded to earlier. And Lily also is a college graduate, and she feels that, like, her... They're wasting yeah, their... Exactly. Yeah, they're just wasting their She's life being stifled. In this, in this... Yeah, in this mill, you know, this mill yep. town. And... Mm -hmm. 
so um, as you mentioned earlier, not, not dwelling on this too much, uh, McGrath, the general manager, has some creative ideas as to for re- revenue generating <laughs> and, and, and gaining uh, community interest. So he holds a fashion show that he makes his players participate in. <laughs> Uh, one player in particular is very unhappy with it. He threatens to. Yeah. Uh, we'll say <laughs> he threatens. Well, here's 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 he threatens to bring his ho- another blazing saddles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he threatens to whip another, out his hockey another blazing stick. saddles reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excuse me while I whip this out. And so off camera, you just, <laughs> you you see him go out to the runway, and off camera, you just hear a shriek of people, and he did it. So it, and I. And, and it was it was a it was a, a fun little scene because yeah, it, the it language was. very vivid very colorful whatever <laughs> uh, but it was just he just threatened him I, I'm gonna do this if you send me out there I'm gonna do this and you yeah. know and McGrath is just basically ignoring him like just get out there and, and then he does it he does it <laughs> yeah. he become, he my wife my wife will be yeah. yeah my wife will be the only one that doesn't run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that, uh, we've got. Um, we get some more between Braden and Dunlop. You kind of get the idea of the relationship that these two have. They're not, you know, they, they work well enough together, but there's some differences and, you know, and Dunlop right. kind of takes kind of, I don't know, kind of places himself in sort of maybe like a mentor role to Lily in some ways. Uh, they talk, they talk yeah. about how the local steel mill that employs 10,000 people is closing. So that, I mean, that's basically just going to kill this community as well as everything yep. else in the community, such as the hockey team. Uh, Right. So Lily pick, screeches up of their giant van to, to pick them up, uh, and 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 they jump they jump in and you know you get the idea that Lily hates the town. Uh, it's like there's it's almost like a '70s car chase kind of the way she drives the van. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like yeah, and they suddenly end up in the streets of San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, taking like twenty foot leaps over these rolling hills of the town. Yeah, she's it's just. Air, airborne in this like chi- in this like you know like child catcher yeah. van that that was so popular in the seventies with a gigantic Saint Bernard in it as well. That was an oh, adorable yeah, dog. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, there's giant Saint Bernard that it's kind of a fun little scene as as you know we we hear the audio before we see the video of of Braden just sweet talking a, a mm-hmm. girl like oh uh, you know who's the cute uh, you know and you. You think it's going to be Braden talking to his wife until they cut to it, and it's Braden and in the, the dogs. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> she is. She's like trophy. She's driving them around. <laughs> trophy dog. Yeah. So Dunlop confronts <laughs> McGrath about the pay and the equipment, and that's kind of when you get the impression that like the, this team is not long for this earth. This is probably going to be their last right. season. Uh, McGrath tells Dunlop, you know. You're going to be retired in the front office in a couple of years. You know, you're lucky I'm sharing this with you right now. And, you know, he's selling the team's equipment. Uh, he's trying to he's trying to sell, like, some of their, like, medical stuff, uh, their training equipment. Um, yeah. Us. He reveals that he uh, he's he signed some new players for the team, and he sends Dunlop to the bus station to go pick them up. And so, so Reggie, Reggie gets to the bus station, and there's these three guys with Coke bottle glasses over at a Coke machine, shaking the machine, you know, cursing at the machine, took my quarter. <laughs> <laughs> the blankety-blank oh, machine hey, took oh, my hey, quarter. Coach. Hey, coach. <laughs> oh, hey, coach. <laughs> I, I, one thing about the Hanson brothers, like, the goonery is, is kind of what they're known for. 
I love how yeah. how like just committed they are to the team and to the coach. Like like they yes. don't they yes. never question Dunlop. They're 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 generally nope. enthusiastic nope. about winning. It's it's kind of a breath right. of fresh air, I think, for the other team as these guys get acclimated to them. At least once 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 yeah, yeah, they, once they, they get I, used to their chi- their childishness and their goonery. Right, because they bring yeah. their toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally on the road. As you know, I, there's one scene a little further in the film. You know, Reggie's going to do something, and he walks by the hotel room that they're in, and the doors open. So he just kind of walks by and kind of does a double take. And the, oh, the coach, coach <laughs> the only thing they've packed <laughs> is their toy remote control cars. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and these guys, yeah, yeah, they're all in their early twenties, and that's that's what they're doing. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. You could tell they're, you know, in, intellectually stunted, mm-hmm. and uh, but but with that, there's just this breath of honesty and yeah. innocence that they just, d- despite the role on the team, like they're probably the nicest guys yeah. on the team. Yeah. They support their teammates. They they cheer each other on. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> like there is there is something sweet about the Hanson <laughs> brothers. Yeah, there there really is. There really is. Uh, we get introduced to uh. uh I gotta forget the character's name. Uh, M. Emmett Walsh's local sports reporter. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I'll, yeah. It's like uh, it's, it's like he's a yeah, double some, D. Some, something dicky, something like that. Yeah. Uh, any. Dickie yeah. There dumb. you go. Anyways, I, I bring him up simply because Reggie kind of uses this reporter M. Emmett Walsh's Dicky Dunn character to get word out that there's there's supposedly a buyer for the team in Florida, and so he uses. Yeah. Dickie Dunn to get that out of the media and get a chance, you know, for the players to hear it because the players are just going through the motions at this point. They need something to motivate them. They know the steel mill's closing. They know things are going wrong, so they they need something. And so Dunlop uses them. Uh, Lily threatens to leave Ned if they don't leave the town. Um, we also then get introduced to at a bar, Francine Oz. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yeah. You you mentioned Francine Four. She is Reggie's estranged wife. Uh, she's got a good idea about what's going on. She's like, you know, the mill's closed. The team's gonna fold. You know it. You're not a yeah. good. And she's she yeah she's been estranged. They've been estranged long enough that like most of the guys on the team don't even know yeah. who she is. Like he he pulls a little trick on on. Uh, Denny there at the beginning of like bet you five dollars she'll dance with me and he's like there's yeah. no way yeah she she she's so dressed goes, nice I mean, she's, you know gorgeous woman yeah sitting on the other side of the bar yeah. and so he just walks up to her and offers his hand and she gets up and they go dance mm-hmm. and you know the bartender who clearly has been around a while yeah. is like you just been had that's his wife yeah. you know and it, it's like so there's players on the team that like these two have been separated long enough yeah that teammates don't even know of his relationship. Mm-hmm. And so because they're not divorced. (laughs) Yeah. And because of, of, you know, this estranged relationship, you know, Dunlop kind of, you know, he, he kind of takes Lily under his wing for, um, you know, almost kind of projecting onto her, you know, the way that he kind of wishes he was to, to Francine to make that work. And yeah, yeah, I felt that too. He screwed up with Francine and he doesn't want to see Lily and Ned not make it. Yeah. And and yeah. Lily walks away. She doesn't want anything to do with it. And 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 to her credit, Reggie kind of comes across kind of smarmy as he does it. He does, yeah. yeah. It's 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 like, you know, she's obviously of age, but it's like borderline predatory. Yeah. Like it's, 
it, 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 I won't go as far as to say it's gross because he never did anything. He never. But, but, but he's kind of he's, um, he's kind of he's kind of playful in a in kind of a shameless way yes. in how he approaches her. Yeah, just real. Yeah, real flirty yeah. and you know just kind of like just kind of your typical like chauvinistic yeah. pig. Like it's me, you know. It's I'm Reggie. Paul <laughs> you might know me from my cla- my classic Italian dressing. <laughs> right, it tastes good with crust you know, with with croutons. A little dipping. <laughs> so they go on the road uh, as the hockey team was taking a road trip, just like in Bull Durham when they had the road trip there last week's movie. <laughs> Just, just like any sports movie. Yep. <laughs> McGrath, the general manager, karate kid out of road exactly. trip. Exactly. McGrath, the general manager, <laughs> inexplicably joins him on the road trip. It turns out he's going with them to basically try to sell himself to other front offices because he's going to need a job next year. Right. And so Braden kind of overhears what's going on, um, and he and he kind of he pretty much keeps it to himself at least initially. You know, as Dunlop tries to pull this over on the rest of the team. Uh, in the locker room pregame, the Hanson brothers are foiling up Oz. They're they're putting uh, oh, yeah. putting aluminum foil underneath their their nut between their knuckles and their uh, and their gloves. I would that I even know. help? I, I I when I was watching, I was like, it's foil. I saw that like, in another film as well, and it's again, I I'm not exactly like a hey let's let's take this outside kind of guy, so. Right, so for yeah. our loyal listeners out there who have ever ever been in a fight, comment below on the pro the yeah the pros, yeah, the pros and cons of foiling up your knuckles before you get in the old fisticuffs. Because I I mean yeah the the idea of punching someone with metal, but I'm like it's the thinnest. Is it metal. protective? Like, like I like does it I don't help? Know. Like does it keep you from like breaking your knuckles or like skinning your knuckles? Maybe I don't know. I'll tell you this though a an aluminum foil cut like a paper cut. Hurts way oh, worse yeah. than a paper. Yeah, I agree cut. completely. Yeah. Yeah. There's paper, then cardboard, oh, then co- aluminum foil, and then, you know, just like, then just Bowie <laughs> knife. Card- yeah. Cardboard cuts are awful. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's just machete. <laughs> like, it just goes straight from aluminum yeah. foil to machete. <laughs> it's the worst case of cutting in half I've ever seen. <laughs> Wrong kid died. <laughs> <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta get back to that working that in every show <laughs> oh yeah 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 uh dunlop he's trying to he's reggie he's trying to fire up the team and the other players are like eh, yeah whatever like we're bad and the hansons as we mentioned before they are all about it yeah coach you tell him coach <laughs> <laughs> yeah Let's get this win yeah they're they are the they're, they're so the loyal i love it i love how loyal yeah. the hansons are and just how into it so and especially, they're loyal to a team that they yeah, like, yeah. just joined, and they don't they don't even great. get on the it's ice like, the first couple of like, games. They're there. No, no, yeah, like as soon, yeah, as soon as uh, Reggie sees him, like he tell, I think it was Brayden. He's like, these guys don't see the ice. Like, yeah. I'm not putting them out there. Not worth it. But they are. They're they are their biggest mm-hmm. vocal cheerleaders of the team. In the locker yeah, room yeah, and outside, as well. probably. Uh, after the game, uh, I'm going to briefly mention a scene here that I'm, I might come back to a little later on in the show here as well. Uh, Reggie gets yep. a call from Suzanne, played by A Christmas Story's Melinda Dillon. I know. A, uh, not a lot of wardrobe yeah, yeah. Melinda Dillon. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where they saved a couple <laughs> of bucks here. And they ha- they have a night together. Yeah. Um, they, I, think, I think the producers called Melinda Dillon 
and said, uh, we need you on set right now. Don't worry about costume. Just wear what you've got on. But yeah, I, well, I just got out. Shower, I just got out of the shower so. and all my clothes are in the wash. That that works. Don't worry. We'll leave the lights off. It's a '70s movie. There won't be <laughs> they much made, lighting They made sure all. to say <laughs> when they shot this, it's the '70s. You get it, right? <laughs> this is a '70s movie. <laughs> this is the <a> '70s. <laughs> that's probably right. That that's what this convinced me to do it. This in is 1977, Melinda. <laughs> This is the last time. Yeah, this is the call. last I'm time <laughs> we'll be this free and loose in Hollywood for at least fifty years. <laughs> right, come on in, Melinda. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, I I got the vibe, and I looked up, and and it was not. But I was like, this must have been an early role for Melinda Dillon to be talked mm-hmm. into that. But no, yep. it wasn't. She'd done work and, before. It, but I think what they probably said was, Melinda, picture this: you nude in the dark in bed. With Paul yeah. Newman, she's like sold. Yeah. I'll be there. And, and, and the, I, I love race. Cars. And they also tell her you're six years away from making a Christmas story, so like everyone will have forgotten this role by the yeah. time you're the mom in a Christmas story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no one. Don't worry. It's it's a independent league hockey movie. Nobody's gonna. Yeah, remember you'll this. be remembered for a Christmas story. <laughs> Ralphie's got to yeah. go. <laughs> don't worry we got this guy he just did this 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 christmas movie called black christmas he's gonna you know but he's got another one another christmas movie in the works uh but in between time he's gonna make a movie called porkies so uh don't you worry melinda dillon yeah. we've got your career so it covered. turns out that uh that melinda dillon's character is is the estranged wife of a player on on the team that they're playing the following night yeah they're goalie um, right. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I knew there yes. was a reason. So, I forgot that. Um, Dun- and 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 Melinda Dillon's character also revealed to Dunlop that she's been she's been sleeping with women as well recently. You know, she's she's estranged yeah. from her husband. Yep. She's trying to find herself, and that that's that's the direction her life has gone. She got lost in bed with Paul Newman, but. Other than that, yeah. she's she's you know sleeping with women. Yeah, and Paul Newman. <laughs> so the next game, uh, using again some colorful language. Um, very yeah. Reggie very, lets very the goalie know what his wife has been up to, not just with him, but with women, which sets him off. Yeah, causes a huge fight. Uh, that, which the Hansons are not a part of, but they love it. They are cheering it on from the bench. Yes, they are all about it. And and Charlestown Charlestown wins. <laughs> they score a goal when their goalie like goes out of the net to go after Dunlop. Yeah, right. <laughs> Leaves an open goal right there. <laughs> right. Afterwards, one of the Hansons says to Dunlop, "You got him right in the mind." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's real deep, these handsome boys. That's it's their ver- <laughs> And yeah. he was like so excited, like like they were so impressed, like you did it. Like you got it. Yeah, it's like it's, got they're him trying the to say like you got it in his head, but like you got him right in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Braden does not approve, Oz. Ned Braden doesn't doesn't approve. Oh no. Yeah, garbage dirty, win. Dirty win. Calls it a garbage win. Uh next day Reggie comes across Lily drunkenly stumbling down the street. And he catches up with her. She's not happy about it. Uh, they both observe Ned talking with another woman across the street. 
Yeah. So that that little subplot continues here. Uh, after the next game, another fight breaks out after a rookie defends Dunlop after he's called old. And Dunlop notices the crowd reacting to the fight. So this is the second fight in two games, a yes. big fight that's erupted on the ice, and the crowd's into it, and Reggie notices Oz. He he sees the crowd reacting, yeah. and he's going to play this up. Not only is this uniting the team, but since he knows the team is probably going to fold, and he's made up this story about there being a potential buyer in Florida, maybe we can convince our owner, who no one has ever met... Maybe maybe we can get her right. to see the, the literal monetary value in the team and become more active in selling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they got nothing to lose, you know, in his mind. It's it's it. Or, you know, this will, yeah. this will be it one way or another. So, uh, so during a, a break between the periods, I, I love this little sequence, uh, in, the, in the locker room, <laughs> Dunlop tells the Hansons, hey, boys, you're in. And they all simultaneously cross themselves and then rush out the door. <laughs> and the Hansons play hard, Oz, but they play dirty. Oh, my goodness, do they play dirty. Yeah. Oh, There's a little yeah. sequence of, of them uh, going after guys on the boards, hooking guys, slashing guys, which are both big hockey no-nos. One of them skates down past the the uh, the bench of the other team with a stick up and just do 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 just hits the heads of all the players on the other team. Right. Yeah. You take. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. It's a fun little because you look at it too. You know, through a through a playing by the rules lens, and you're like, these oh, guys yeah. would have been out in an in instant. You know, but. Yeah, it's a comedy montage. So we gotta, we yeah. gotta throw the in how the Hansons loves play. it. They love the Hansons. They love what's going mm-hmm. on. It's getting oh, everybody yeah. fired up. Uh, there's a moment in there. I happen to be watching this movie, Oz, with a uh, Patreon subscriber Melissa L. And <laughs> oh, yeah, it's she, yeah, she, she yeah, pays. She, for she's that in the tier. premium tier, so <laughs> she gets to, she gets to watch the movies with me upon request, and so. Yeah. It's the Melinda <laughs> Dillon tier. <laughs> There's all sorts of directions I could go from there, but we'll just we'll just leave we'll leave that from there. We gotta rename that one in Patreon the Melinda Dillon tier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so M- Melinda Deer tier Melinda Dillon tier Patreon subscriber, Melissa L. I was watching this movie with me, right. <laughs> and she loves. There's a there's a little moment where one of the Hansons, I don't know which one, I never bothered to memorize their first names. <laughs> They're all the same guy. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, one of them right. takes a, takes a, a, right. a slap shot, and it cuts to the organist <laughs> just just getting hit hit, hit in the head <laughs> yeah, with the puck. Because Melissa L. <laughs> Melissa L. Happens to enjoy fun. watching people get hit in the head with things, and so you run run that back for me. Anything, anything for you, Melinda Dillon, yeah. to your subscriber. <laughs> the radio, right, all yeah. three, all three get ejected. Melissa. The radio announcer says, "Next game, bring the kids, bring the family." So, <laughs> <laughs> come on out. Um, there's a Charlestown fan bus now. They have groupies. It's yeah. like stolen a school bus. <laughs> the next you game. Uh, Hansen takes a shot at an opposing player before the game even starts, erupting a huge brawl. Uh, on the bus, however, Braden is is sticking by his guns. Oz. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna goon it up for you. 
So there's this distance, no. this this chasm forming between Braden and Dunlop. Yeah. Uh, as they uh, again, there's just it's more of like a kind of a quasi montage here, kind of going from game to game at this point. And uh, yeah, you can't it's as we movie. as we established, you can't have sports movies be. without montage. Even Rocky had a montage. Nope. <laughs> Even Rocky had a montage. I was thinking about that last week. It's like, oh, I I missed that moment. Um, Even Rocky had a montage. Um, As the bus enters the next town, there's a group of of townspeople in this other town waiting for them outside, like, like, get out of here, you goons. We're not going to let you in. And so the team bus drives by, and all of of the, the players moon these people. Yes, that the and fan the bus fan drives bus. by, and the fans do the same. So it's so it's it really like it's it's again just a goofy scene, but it really shows how how much the community is right. sort of galvanized by the by yeah. the antics of yeah, the hockey they team. Are, yeah, the 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 Charlestown Chiefs are definitely the Lebowski yeah. road of, <laughs> really of the community. T- ties the room together. Yeah, <laughs> ties the room together. <laughs> uh, the other team's fans are are ta- taunting the Hansons. After a Hanson scores a goal, somebody on the other team throws car keys and hits one of them in the face, and the Hansons go into the stands. Oh, yeah. Like like that was it like Yeah. Exactly. Pa- I, I, was, I was watching that <laughs> game when that happened. That game was I think it was on either either it was on either T or TNT oh, or ESPN. I remember I was in grad school in De- in DeKalb, Illinois. And yep. And I, I was I, it's home of Cindy Crawford. Of the Cindy Crawford. Of Cindy uh-huh. Crawford. Raised on decalb corn. Um, I remember watching that as it happened and just thinking to myself, like, oh my goodness, this is professional sports. Like the birth of Cindy Crawford? Yes. I mean, I was fight? I was thinking about the birth of Cindy Crawford, but I was watching <laughs> the fight erupt on TV. <laughs> like, gotcha, gotcha. pretty much every I moment got, I lived in decalb, my mind was occupied by, like, this is the birthplace of Cindy Crawford. <laughs> Oh, and I happen to be, you know, prepping myself for my professional life, but I'm in the birthplace of Cindy Crawford. (laughs) I'm, I know, right? In the who gets to do that? Yeah, just weird that your call, all your college classes were in that. (laughs) They were all there. That's where the best education takes place. Yeah, (laughs) this is the birth, the birthplace. That's where I learned how to be a professional counselor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You saw a lot, so. Uh, but yeah, that uh, that fight, that fight that broke out, that was cool. yeah, that was and they put, like, not only in the movie, yeah, but, yeah, the actual but thing, the yeah, Pacers. that was nuts. Um, in the movie, the, the Hansons punched the wrong guy, which I found <laughs> like, no, no, not him. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's like when they when they threw the keys that knocked his glasses off, and then he just climbed. He, climbed over the glass into the stand so he couldn't see yeah. who he was punching. Yeah, he, he so was just went to the, on his, to the know, vicinity of where the keys see. came from and he just started punching people. <laughs> right. It just starts... Right. Oh, and they're no, Canadian accents. Is <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other uh, guy. It's the other, the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll invite him over later for, for some coffee and bars. <laughs> <laughs> So the the team bus pulls back into town, oh. Oz, and Braden gets off the bus before, like a block or two before they even get back to the team facility, just so he can avoid Lily. Yeah. Um, Dunlop jumps in Lily's van when she notices that that Ned's not there, and he tries talking some sense into her. He tells her, "You need to stop killing yourself." 
before she drops them off. So like, you get the idea that something changed there because a, a little. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but a little later in the movie, she shows up at Reggie's door, and she basically moves in with him as she's trying yeah. to sort things out. So well, he did invite so, her. Yeah, he did. But but, but it was kind of a just a cursor, you know, like hey, it, well, in, in his you know kind of dumb dumb yeah. trying to connect Reggie way, right? Of but inviting a married to, woman back to his place. Yeah, <laughs> but she she ended up taking him up on it. Brought yeah. the Saint Bernard right. over too. Yeah. I'm um, jumping ahead in the script here. Uh, let's see. So uh, during a radio interview, Reggie puts out a bounty <laughs> on <laughs> on a player from from the other team. Oh, uh, and and this is a home game, and so it's it it draws a full house eyes. So yeah. I mean, he's doing everything he can to promote the team and really leaning into this yeah, goonery. He's, he's he's good. He's got his finger he on the pulse of what's going he, on. He like, is. Yeah. He he he's a smart guy. He figures it out. He knows how to market it. Yeah, um, I'd say he's very clever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So he's he knows very how to clever take, take, in like a uh, like the the fox in Zootopia kind of way. Sure, he knows how to like take advantage of a moment kind of thing. Knows is resourceful. Maybe might be another way to put it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he puts a puts a bounty out on the other team, or on this, Bo- this player and the other team on Doctor Hook McCracken. Right. Boba Fett shows up. It was yeah. like murderers <laughs> row. They were already in costume because it was seventy seven. Yeah. So they all just show yeah. up to the set. Yeah. The sa- it was the same year Star Wars was made. So yeah. Right. I, yeah. George Lucas I, and and, and uh, George Roy Hill are friends, and so it was just little fun of like. Oh, we hear there's a bounty, and they show up, and <laughs> <laughs> the Mandalorian was there. This guy, that oh, guy, Greedo. Yep. <laughs> Greedo wasn't there. <laughs> Greedo. Oh, well, Han had already killed him. So yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, they're <laughs> off for bounty. That would that yeah. actually would have been a fun little crossover. <laughs> <laughs> the Mando walks in. <laughs> right. This is the way. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> little like low flute, low flute music playing in the background yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Braden scores a goal and then is kind of attacked and provoked by by Doctor Hook McCracken. Braden doesn't <laughs> respond, but uh, and then Dunlop gets on Braden. It's like, why didn't you fight back? This is this is what we got to do right now. Right. And then Braden ends up punching Dunlop and leaves. Oh, just decks him. Yeah. Especially after he tells him that uh, he, he brought up his wife, he brought up Lily, and that that's what oh, yeah. pushed him over the edge. Uh, the next day, uh, Dunlop Reggie brings Lily to Francine's beauty shop. Tells Francine, "Give her the works." Lily and Francine kind of talk about relationships, kind of talk about like what it's like to be married to a hockey player, and so there, there's a purpose to that. Uh, Reggie ends up finding out. What the the owner of the team, this mysterious owner, nobody knows who it is, and I don't even I don't even recall how he found out, but he did. He kind of put on these detective cap and he followed her home, and it's it's a widow, and her couple of kids. Now it turns out that she's really just in things for the money, like she's yeah. yeah I don't know if she does like like in like investments or or finance right. or whatever. She's she's she does something like that, and he ends up calling her out. Because she says, like, it's more profitable to me to just fold the team and write the team off as a like as a tax write off than it right. is to actually sell the team and, for a profit. Yeah, and 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 she she does keep like referencing her accountant. 
My accountant says. My yeah. accountant says. You yeah, know, she, doesn't, so, she doesn't care about the team. No, she doesn't care. No. And so she's basically a plot device to yeah. kind of further that along. But yeah, whatever. It's yeah. So we're in the we're in the climax of the film here, Oz. So we're we're pregame. It's the championship game. The championship game. They're playing uh, the same Syracuse team that Doctor Hook was on, and it and it's in Charlestown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just just the the flexibility of of plot devices and these movies yeah. crack me up. Like yeah. <laughs> so. I bet you Dr. Hook McCracken is brothers with Big Earn McCracken from Kingpin. I, they've got to be related. I did yeah. see in, in the trivia, you probably saw this too, that uh, the actor who played uh, Dr. Hook McCracken was the inspiration for Wolverine's facial features. Yes, yes, I did read that. <laughs> so, yeah, which, uh, which I could see it. I said, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could definitely see where they're going from. Yeah, the uh, the unmasked Wolverine, and you don't see Wolverine unmasked in the comics for like a, a good year or two at, until you know after he's introduced. Um, yeah. Another fun Wolverine fact: uh, his claws were actually initially part of his gloves. I did so, not know that. Yep. So the writing team did not uh, initially have the claws protracting and retracting from his. So from his he arms. was basically a Freddy Krueger. Yeah, in, in a way, yeah. Yeah. Minus Before, the nightmares. <laughs> well, true. Well, he had his nightmares, though. He did. Every yeah. time he'd sleep, just Project X nightmares. Yeah, very haunted. <laughs> but, but but yet he wasn't haunting others in their dreams. Correct. He was just haunted in his own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the worst kind of, like, <laughs> like, like, the worst kind of, like, film villain, where you only haunt yourself. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get yeah, those people uh, who call who cause these burn marks on the, these scars by haunting <laughs> my own dreams. Me, right? He's a... <laughs> I didn't think this through. <laughs> oh, good old uh, good old Fred Krueger. Fred. So pregame Dunlop, he's just kind of sitting in the locker room by himself, and he just comes clean to the team. He's like, "I made up the Florida thing. I completely made it up. We're nothing but a rich woman's tax write-off." Um, says we're not. You know, we're criminals. I'm, I'm ashamed. And it, one of the Hansons speaks up, Not you, coach! <laughs> it's not you! <laughs> not you, coach! <laughs> and he says, "It's This is my last game. We, I want to win the championship tonight. We're going to win it clean. No goonery. We're going to win it clean. Most The team is kind of begrudgingly on board. Um, they, so pregame, they introduce the Syracuse team. So Dr. Hook comes out, as well as several other goons from hockey Exactly. Past. Yeah, all of them, it's including like Mr. Six, Ogie Oglethorpe, who apparently is like oh. the biggest, Oglethorpe. the biggest goon of the goon squad. Right, right. He's, he's Oglethorpe. Ogie yeah, Oglethorpe. Like, watching them be introduced was like watching the like um, like in in uh, oh like in Space Jam. When, yeah. when like all the monsters yeah. stole all the powers <laughs> and watching them come out to play the Toon Squad, that's yep. kind of what it reminded me of. It's like <laughs> one it's worse than the next. Booze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I was referencing there a couple of minutes ago, it cracks me up because it's like the Syracuse team has made their way to the championship, and then it's like what they do cut everybody just yeah. to bring in all these goons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like it's you, like. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Just the flex, just the flexibility, and like. All right, boys, we got this far playing hockey, but uh, <laughs> we don't need you. <laughs> you know, like, seems like real late in the season for for like 
for team changing transactions to, to occur. <laughs> it's uh, there. One of my favorite Simpsons episode is uh, it's a, a company softball team, and so mm-hmm. the Springfield oh, Power oh. Plant. Yeah, they make it to the to the championship round. You know, with all the just the plant workers, and then Mr. Burns yeah. places a million dollar bet against the the you know the billionaire owner of the other team. Right. Uh, and so he brings in ringers. He brings in nine major league baseball yeah. players. Yeah. <laughs> Voice themselves. Yes. It was a fun episode. It's, it's one of my favorites. Jose Canseco, Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Good Lord. Ken Griffey Jr. has gigantism. <laughs> Steve Sachs. <laughs> I, like, I, I heard some like guy got major... killed in New York and they never solved the murderer. <laughs> Bet you wouldn't know anything about that, would you, Mr. Sachs? <laughs> well, I love, too, that it's like, it was like big players at that current time. And, of course, yes, the longevity yeah. of the Simpsons makes so many of these players, you know, not forgettable, but you really have to be yeah. a baseball fan to remember well, them. Well, and there's some uh, like, Wade, like Wade Boggs, you know, right. Hall, Hall of Famer, um, yeah. R- Roger Clemens... You know who should have been on the hall of in the hall of fame had he yeah. not made some other choices, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and then you got like guys who were really good for their era but not quite hall of famers like Strawberry Canseco, yeah, like Mike Mike Socia who went on to be a championship manager as well. He was a good catcher, right. you know, Steve Sachs. But they, yeah, you can't can't hold their own with the longevity of Boggs, Griffey, you know, exactly. Ozzie Smith. Forget about Ozzie Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ozzy Smith falls falls into a a, a pit of nothingness. <laughs> oh, I could, oh, I could, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the show is not. Let's talk about early '90s Simpsons, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or else, or else we'd have to we'd have to up our podcast hosting subscription. Yes, yes we would. To yeah, pay for more hours. <laughs> we take an hour and a half every episode to talk about a twenty-three minute. Yeah. <laughs> So ba- deep dive, yeah, exactly. So so back to Slapshot. Uh, so yeah. Ogie Oglethorpe and all, all of these goons come out for Syracuse. The game begins. Syracuse immediately starts fighting the Charlestown players, who are not fighting back. They're, right, they're with Dunlop. They're they're going to try to fight this one or play this one clean. And the crowd is furious that Charlestown is not fighting back. They're not engaging in the way they normally do. So the first period ends. And all the players are just bloodied. And def- oh, they're ripped apart. Defeated. And they just slump their way back to the locker room. And, um, you know, McCarthy, the GM, comes in and screams, there's NHL scouts here. You know, with contracts in hand. So the second period begins and everybody's fighting. Yeah. Um, Braden notices Lily and Francine come in, and they are all dolled up. And Lily has, for the first time in the movie, Oz, a genuine smile on her face. Oh yeah, she's happy yeah, to she be really there. She really looked happy. She look, she looks good. She feels good. She feels happy, and she's happy to be there with Francine, someone that she can kind of identify with. Yep. <laughs> so Braden sees Lily cheering on the crowd as, as Lily is is chanting with the crowd, "Kill them." I noticed. <laughs> so, so she's even into it. You know, this yeah. dour Lily who wants nothing to do with kill anything them. is chanting, kill them with the rest of the crowd. She's got her fur coat on now, so kill them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to gonna pivot to another quick Simpsons reference here. There's another episode where uh, Lisa is about to uh, fail PE, and so she joins a youth hockey league with Bart. And, okay. of course, they're on rival teams in the championship. It kind of parallels this, actually, in some ways. And the, <laughs> and the crowd is... The, the, there's the two sides of the crowd. One half of the crowd is chanting for Bart's team, and the other half is chanting for Lisa's team. And the Bart team is chanting, 
kill Bart, kill Bart. And the Lisa crowd is chanting, kill Bart, kill Bart. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, we... All enunciation. Yes. Oh, God. We When you go to, like, there's a groupthink mentality to going to, like, sporting events or even being in large oh, public yeah. spaces where you, like, I don't know. It's like people give themselves permission to become the worst version of themselves. <laughs> there was, uh, back when, uh, before we had kids, my wife and I went out to Los Angeles for a week. And we happened to be out there um, at the conclusion of the NBA Finals. Uh, it was the... Laker, the Lakers won. Mm -hmm. We'll put it that way. Uh, is you know back in Kobe and Paul Gasol yeah. and you know that kind of. So they they won, and it was uh, and it was just a madhouse. Like we watched the news the next day outside the Staples Center, overturned cars, yeah. fires, you know all these things or whatever. And you do you go right to this like groupthink, you know, yeah. just individuality goes away yes, I, and you do what yeah, the masses do. Yeah, I feel no um, responsibility. But, there are no consequences right. for my action. I'm a face Every, in the crowd. Every, yeah. yeah. Everybody else is doing it. Well, and, and somebody on the, in the news brought it and, and I thought it was genius to think about it, that the, the, the news, the newscaster that was sharing it, you know, they kind of opened up and gave a little opinion and they're like, basically telling, you know, the viewer, you guys got to realize this is an NBA finals game. Your average fan cannot afford tickets to this game. Mm -hmm. So the people out there overturning cars and starting all these fires and things are doctors and lawyers. And, you know, these are the well-to-do people. Yep. The people that can afford to go to an NBA Finals game in Los Angeles. And so it's almost like before you pass judgment on the quote-unquote hoodlums yep. and underprivileged, that those people aren't at these games. So, you know, and, and it was really insightful and I thought it was, it was really brave of a newscaster in Los Angeles to take a stand and be like, Hey, I don't know who's doing this, who did all this, but I could tell you that they're not who you thought they were. Mm -hmm. This isn't, this isn't your ruffians from Compton. These are, this is probably your accountant yeah, or your financial advisor or, you know, people like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it was, it was really, it was really cool. And, and it, and it's obviously it stuck with me since that I'm like, you know, we see it in education all the time, oh, yeah. you know, a good, good kid gets in with his friends mm -hmm. and then they do something stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but to see it on a larger scale, like the sporting event and to think like, yeah, all this goonery and like an independent league Charleston. Yeah, it probably was just your average run of the mill fan doing the stupid stuff because, you know, that's all there is. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, man, I, I, I don't think I would have thought about that on my own out in L.A. I've been like, you know, you're right. That's insightful. Like, these are the people that can. These are the people that can afford the, you know, three, four thousand dollar seats that as soon as the game's over, mm -hmm. go outside and light yeah. a car on fire. So, yeah, groupthink is a very dangerous thing. Once you lose that sense of personal yeah. responsibility, uh, there's a right without, without going into this. I'll just briefly mention there was a at the time of this recording, there was a certain incident that happened in early January a couple of years ago where I think groupthink took over some people as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just just a wee bit. <laughs> Uh, so what day? Ah, uh, it was Did that. Was there a certain? Was there a certain date? Some, fifth, seventh, somewhere, somewhere yeah, in that vicinity. Somewhere around there, early January. Early January. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Braden's just sitting by himself on the bench. But so back to the movie. Yeah. He's, he's everybody else is out there. There's fights erupting everywhere, and Braden's just sitting by himself. He doesn't want any part of it. 
Nope. And he looks up and he sees Lily cheering on the team and she's happy. And so he decides he's going to do something about it. I got to do something. Yeah, he, they, yeah they, he, he catches her eye. Yeah. And she just kind of gives a quick little wave yeah. and then back to... So it's the happiest he's seen her in a long yeah, time. Yeah, and, and he sees that and he feels it and he notices it. And so he takes to the ice and he has already established, like, I am not crossing this line. I am not a goon. However, I got to do something. I got to support <laughs> my team. Showman. I got to show my wife... Then I am. Then I am here. That I am involved. I'm invested. I'm engaged. So he starts taking off his clothes, Oz. Yeah. The the band. There's a live band in the stands. Yeah. There's like a high school marching yeah. band that's there. And they start playing <laughs> the the stripper. Yeah. And everybody's into it. And and this is where things get interesting. And I noticed as I was reading some of the like some of the comments afterwards. There's this next sequence is very divisive. So he's taken off his his clothes. You know, he takes off his his hockey sweater. He takes off his pads. He gets all the way down. Yeah, I mean, he he strips down to yeah down to his, his jock strap and his skates. And yep. the uh, players stop fighting. Yeah, they stop fighting, and they're just they're watching him with and like they're just they 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 don't know how to perceive what's happening. And finally, because it's not violence, yeah, it's not violence. <laughs> But it's something that's getting people's attention and that is that is drawing a crowd. And so Dr. Hook McCracken yells at the ref to stop. Even the, the, the announcer is decrying, like the guy doing the radio call is decrying Braden. So Dr. Yeah. Hook McCracken, one of the one of the fiercest fighters on the ice, goes up to the ref. Stop this. This is a serious game, not a freak show. Right. Get that I'm offended. Get that pervert off the ice. Yeah. The moment that it shifted from violence to sexuality right. is when the line was crossed for all these other masculine players on the ice. Right. Dr. Hook punches the referee because the referee ref is refusing to, to stop it. And so the referee gets punched and he, he calls it. Charlestown wins. Syracuse is yep. disqualified. Game's over. Yep. Braden claims the tro trophy wearing only his jackstrap. <laughs> just skates around like he, he skates and like takes it they're gonna hand it to reggie and he just skates right through and snags it yeah and reggie kind of like yeah okay yeah whatever go for it i mean he was finally on he board. technically won the game for him he did <laughs> so the next day there's a big parade um dunlop tries to convince francine to you know not to leave town and she eventually leaves and they part ways amicably you could tell he's disappointed but he also gets it and yeah and he, he loves her. He wants her to be happy. Oh, he does. Right. And Lily is with Ned in the parade. And they're both smiling and happy. And that, my friend, is 1977 Slapshot. Woohoo! I know. Again, you'd seen this movie a couple of times before. This was my first viewing of it. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Uh, there was there was definitely some things yeah. that we're going to get into here in a few moments. But I overall, right. I enjoyed it. So at this point in the show, folks, Oz and I share our own unique rating about the movie we've watched. Oz, how would you rate the George Roy George Roy Hill directed Slapshot? Uh, I would give this um, seven hockey players walking down a runway. <laughs> seven hockey players on a runway. Love it. Right. Maybe seven and a half, maybe. <laughs> Depending <laughs> that, on that half hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What would you give it? I'm going to go with uh, three Hanson brothers. 
magically there's every time I've seen a group of handsome brothers, there's always three of them, yep. so it works. Yeah, <laughs> so they started a trend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, three Hansons, that might work for something. Yeah, yeah. I bet there'd be a fine pop group. As long as we make them long-haired. Yep. <laughs> and let's do away with the Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> right. I don't think that's going to appeal well to preteen women or preteen girls. But, but... but three guys named Hanson. <laughs> that's right. Let's do it. Next up on the rundown is Outside Insight, where Oz and I each share some kind of unprofessional take that we found somewhere on the interwebs that we will share with you. Oz, what is your Outside Insight? I'm going to defer and let you go first. Okay. Because I I pulled one off IMDb, but I, I run the fear that I pulled the same one as you. Okay. So I have a backup, but I want you I want to hear yours first to make sure I don't take the same one. Okay. The one I have, it's literally two sentences, and it's this <laughs> this isn't so much about the movie, it's about this person and what it kind of and it kind of tells about them. <laughs> okay. So this is also from IMDb. This is Bevo 13678 Three one uh, review was posted. Niner, yeah, did I catch exactly. a niner in there? Gets <laughs> his call side. Uh, this is yeah. just posted just a couple years ago. Great hockey movie, lots of fighting and funny jokes. <laughs> Which <laughs> to me that's that it, it says that right. That's that. Those are the two things you need in, in a hockey movie: fighting yep, just and fighting, funny jokes. F- fighting and so funny so jokes. to Bevo one three six seven eight three one fighting and. And funny jokes defines hockey. Yeah, it'd be a bo- apparently in his mind it'd be a boring boxing movie. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, no reference to actual hockey playing. No. as long as there's fighting and funny fighting jokes. and funny jokes makes it a great hockey movie. So, what about you? Right, so, yeah, you did not you did not take mine. Okay, so I'll share mine. Mine also comes from IMDb. Captions Girl Twenty One states uh, two out of ten. By the way, okay. is what she gives it. This movie is so bad. If hockey was actually anywhere near this bad, it would be WWF on ice. This movie is nothing but stupidity, sexism, swearing, and violence. The only thing worse than this movie is Slapshot 2. (laughs) Don't waste your time watching this. Boring and mind-numbing. So, uh... Well, guess what, <laughs> Captions Girl? There's a Slapshot 3. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the only thing worse than this is Slapshot 2. Isn't there Troll a... Troll 2? No. Troll no. 2 above this. Yeah. Nope. Manos, Hands of Fate, above this. <laughs> Legend of Boggy Creek 2, Boggy above Creek. this. Is it the... Is... Soul Taker, better Soul than this. Soul Taker. <laughs> Isn't there a Baldwin in the second Slapshot? Yes. There is, and the, and all three Hanson brothers. They're they the Hanson the Hanson brothers are played by the same actors, and they are in all three Slapshot movies. But yeah, I believe Stephen Baldwin is in Slapshot <laughs> of too. Stephen, it's oh. got to be Stephen. But yeah, so uh, that was it. I I was worried because I'm like, yeah, I know it's a bad one, but it's it just the only thing worse than this movie is Slapshot too. You know, like, I like, think I read that one. Yeah. Cancer, not as nope, bad as this nope. movie. Slapshot's worse. <laughs> right? Having your family murdered at gunpoint right in front of you. Yeah, I'd take that over watching this Slapshot. Slap <laughs> my my second one came, uh, and this is this is one line, a uh, one line review. Two and a half out of five uh, f- uh, from Rotten Tomatoes. Wed Starfish Eight says <laughs> too much too much swearing makes it hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I could watch with my eyes versus hear with exactly. my ears. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's why I thought... I, I I'm an expert that. lip reader. Oh. <laughs> exactly. I can't mute it because I can still see their, uh-uh. their lips warm in the water. I have to close my eyes. Oh, that swearing makes it hard to watch. <laughs> 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 All right. No, I can't yeah. listen. To, I can't listen to movies with so much nudity. <laughs> <laughs> I might hear something unseemly. <laughs> Squishy. <laughs> Squish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Squishy. Squishy podcast come with the Melinda Dillon tier. Every there you go. So. Squ- the squishy version. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's right. that time of the show you've all been waiting for <laughs> pins and needles our signature let's talk about flicks segment the three two one where oz and i each share three goods two bads and one huh about the movie in this case 1977 slap shot oz what are your three goods uh my first good i love the look of 70s cinema especially ex- exterior shots yeah. where like in today's cinema you've got because lighting is cheap, so you have, like, you light every ounce of every scene, whether it be interior or exterior, on a, sh- on a shoot today. You've got lighting everywhere. Back in the 70s, you just point your camera and go. The early 80s did a lot of it, too. Uh, but if, if it was dark, you, could, you just didn't see anything yeah. on screen, you know. Um, and so you don't have that anymore. You know, you've got a like say a slasher movie, and there's a you know a killer chasing someone through the woods. Everything's gonna have a blue tint to it. But back in the '70s, it was just dark. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, if if you happen to catch you know a glimpse of the moonlight, then you might see something in the scene. But that was my first. I just love the look of '70s cinema. It just because there's not everything was still physical. Yeah. It, and it's so just, it has a to, more you had to cut the film. real grounded kind of gritty feel right. to it. Yeah. Right, yeah, there there was the the film grain, and again, you had to cut everything physically, so you couldn't go in and post process mm-hmm. all the different colors that you wanted. It just you waited for you waited for it to get dark enough that everything had a blue tint to it, and that's when you shot. Yeah. Um, so I do. That's my first two. I love that this movie was written by a woman. Yes, uh, and and so I it it adds it peels back a little bit of that onion skin mm-hmm. of of how over the top and inappropriate the language is in this movie. Cause it was written by a woman uh, and she was credited as the only writer. So even if there were rewrites or switches or whatever, you know, I do love that. I guess it gives a little bit more nuance to, to some of the conversation pieces yeah. because it's coming from a woman from uh, her point of view. And my third good, it's just how polite the Hanson brothers are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they, we talked about it ad nauseum, so we're not going to get into it too much, but they're just, you know, they, they're just great teammates yeah. and and despite their goonery they're even even as goons they were still kind of starstruck you know mm-hmm. with with certain players like they were going to punch their face <laughs> like, but they one were of still them, like one of them offered to buy Ogie Oglethorpe a coke after yeah. the game hey can i buy a coke <laughs> after the <Yeah>. game <laughs> right like he was just saying you're i love you man but we're going to fight now yeah, but so i'm going to punch my you in the face yeah. Oh, yeah i love how, lo- how loyal the hansons are now you coach <laughs> <laughs> That was cool, guys. Uh, my three goods. I love uh, Dunlop's attire. Again, it kind of speaks to that late to that late seventies. But like that, like fur lined leather coat he had, like like the checkered bell yeah. bottoms. Oh, I just oh yeah, it it, it screams seventies. But like I don't know, it just it worked for him. It for Paul yeah. Newman for sure. I I couldn't pull it off. And you notice he was like the only character in the movie 
in the movie that that was dressing that way. Yeah. Most of them, you know, were jeans and you know. But yeah, he definitely was. He was living a lifestyle. Yeah, he he dressed in a way that I don't know if classier is the right way to put it, but like yeah, he had like a different right. like. A, just a different sensibility about him that the other most of the other players right. in the team didn't have, and I think that also distinguished his character a little bit more. And um, well, and, he, and, he, and he's a little too, older than most of the other players. Yeah. When I think it shows too, like his his attention to to um, to to like just showmanship mm-hmm. of you know when he realized the angle with the team and was really working to promote that to make them a draw. Like he was the same thing. He was always like even presented himself he was always paying attention to presentation uh well put and and yeah uh speaking of paul newman's attire i'll just mention paul newman the actor um Mm -hmm. i thought paul newman was was fantastic in this movie um he has come on record and said i mean as recently as you know is like 10 years ago like not too long before his, his his passing that like this was he is dead isn't he i think i think paul newman's dead okay so (laughs) <laughs> Otherwise, I just killed Paul Newman. <laughs> right. I'm looking that up yeah. just for. I'm I'm certain he is. I'm pretty sure he is, but now that I mention out loud, I'm second guessing myself. Right. But he has come on record relatively recently. Yeah. Two two thousand eight. Okay. So relatively recently, saying that this was his favorite movie that he made. He had more fun making this than any others. It was his favorite role, and he's even said that like I didn't curse too much before this movie before making this movie but i found that my my personal language habits have changed since making slapshot it's an impactful film in more ways than one um my last uh good that i'll share is just the sense of community like this down on its look town half the town just lost their jobs but yet they find this rallying point around this team and it and it quite literally in some ways brings the community together like this is something that they're all looking forward to they all enjoy they all have this communal uh sense sense of camaraderie you know they share it together and it was just it was cool to see the this this down on its look town come together around something so well put yep, those are my three goods as what are your two bads uh we talked about it um earlier but one of my bads is um just the argument between McCracken and the ref at the end of the movie mm-hmm. just shows how how little we've come in the last 45 yeah. years since this movie's been out. You know, that uh, I, I'm all in on violence. I'll accept violence. Um, but don't you dare sexualize anything or make me think anything but violent thoughts mm-hmm. about anything else because I'm opposed to it. Um, and so we, obviously, in the political climate of today... It's unfortunate we see it ad nauseum uh, all over the place of, you know, if, if it doesn't suit me and my knee, if, if I am remotely uncomfortable, um, then it's not worth it's not mm-hmm. worth it. Uh, and and unfortunately, violence in America doesn't make enough people uncomfortable. Yep. Um, and so that's my first bad. It's just that argument. Well, uh, it's, I mean, what's what's worse? You know, like what does more physical, literal harm? to anyone or what is the potential to you know a gun or a lesbian couple (laughs) right yeah which one of those is more likely to harm you (laughs) yeah i saw a uh, there was a facebook post yesterday and the only reason it showed up on my feed is because someone on my friends list had commented um and it was 
a transgendered man and a transgendered woman that are married, but they still have the reproductive parts, um, had a baby. So the, the man in the, in the marriage um, was pregnant and delivered, and the mm-hmm. wife in the marriage was supportive. And it, whatever, yeah. you know, like, I, cool. And, uh, and the person in my friends list, um, again, took the time not only to see it, but comment. Um, and all, and all she put was pathetic. And, uh, and I'm thinking that's, uh, (laughs) it's just, it's so small. It's so small. Like whatever, like, you know, but, and I think too, without going too much further is the amount of energy that, that those thinkers, the offended, the amount of energy that they put into being offended, Mm -hmm. like this was just a. And it wasn't even like the people who, it wasn't even the parents posting it. It was a news story that some other whatever outlet mm-hmm. had picked up. So again, it's all like third party by this point. And for her like to see it and it's, and instead of continuing scrolling, I have, I've got to tell them how pathetic this is. Just pathetic. And I'm like, or move on. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and I think, uh, without getting you know too overly political, that is that might be, in very simple terms, the biggest disparity between the parties right now is one party is willing to ignore how offensive the other one is, while the opposite party refuses to ignore what offends them, and that's why it's the whole squeaky wheel gets the grease. In this case, the media attention. Yeah. Well, and of, and, uh, <clears throat> and they take those feelings and turn them into self victimization. Yeah, exactly. I'm and the real so, victim um, here. Right. And so, you know, as we're watching McCracken literally like fighting and busting skulls and, and trying to hurt people, as soon as he sees a man take a, start taking his clothes off, he's, that's offensive. That offends me. You got to get that out of here. You know, nobody wants to see that, you know, and it's like easy now. Yeah. <laughs> like, calm down. Um, and so uh, that's, that's my first bad was just how little progress we've made in, in those mm-hmm. areas in 40 45 years yeah uh my second is um uh the Braden lily subplot being told through reggie's character yeah didn't didn't really feel conclusive sure I... like um you know it's because we never got we never saw Braden's side of it ever um we never even really saw lily's side of it it just seemed that like the only time that little subplot showed up was when Reggie was injecting himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just, it's, it's like it, it was important because it said a lot about Reggie and Francine's relationship. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like in the, in the, in, you know, the, in the environment of the movie, like this is still Braden and Lily having a, a marriage that's falling apart and Reggie's using it as a redemption piece for himself. Yeah. Like, um, and yeah, at the end it all worked out, but, um, but it's like, we never saw those two, you know, outside of the beginning after that, it's like, we never saw Brayden and Lily interact. Yeah. Um, everything was just through Reggie. And, uh, and so it just didn't really feel like it had a, I didn't feel like I understood how all of that came about. Sure. It just didn't real feel real concluded. So yeah. those are my two bads. Yeah. About I you? would agree with that latter completely. Uh, my, my bads, uh, there is some very dated language in this movie. Um, 
Yeah, again, your point about it, uh, you know, the fact that it was written by by a female. I, I'm not saying that negates all of this, but like, I I, no, I think it, no, I it, it does add, add an extra layer for consideration. However, there are some words in this film. Um, you know, it, this came up when we talked about Drop Dead Gorgeous. This came up definitely when we talked mm-hmm. about Blazing Saddles. You know, there's a couple other movies that we that we've talked about in the last almost calendar year now since we've started this endeavor. I know. Uh, you I know, know, but there's some you know. Um, discriminatory language against the lgbtq community the disabled community there's there's uh, a couple of anti-semitic uh phrases that are used definitely a lot of misogyny uh it so it it is an again it's one of those it, it excuses or it explains it it doesn't excuse it it is definitely uh of the era of the late 70s yeah. uh that does not excuse the language however it explains it uh in that context so if if you can manage through that and understand that that those parts of the film are kind of a relic of its era then uh, yeah and, right. and then you filter yeah. you filter through you know who and how it was written and some of the irony that you're supposed to feel in the movie that you're supposed to kind of experience the irony as you know as as you just said with the end piece there and you know the sexuality versus uh versus violence um however it still doesn't still doesn't excuse some of the language used in the film. Uh, my other bad, I will say that uh, there was, you know, there was the 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 going back to the Melinda Dillon scene. Although it yeah. it did part of it set up that next sequence in the next game where they were playing against her Melinda Melinda Dillon's right. character's estranged estranged husband. I thought that you know some of those scenes and that that's a a key one kind of meandered a little bit. As you're tra- oh, it was yeah, it was long. Yeah, it, I felt bad for Melinda Dillon in a way, you know, because yeah. it's like she's on full exposure. Yeah, the whole scene. Yeah, for and several it, and minutes. It did just it just it just kept going. Yeah, it did. Like I felt the scene didn't really go anywhere. Like, and even if you're gonna do something like that, like it could have been a third the length. And it's yeah, you know, it's them both trying to figure out kind of who they are and where they are in life. And I get that. It just I don't know. It was too long. And I didn't. I felt like it didn't. Yeah, I mean, quite the, fit know, the flow of the, narrative. Yeah, and this this is a two hour movie. Yes. There was room, you know. It wasn't like we had to pad the runtime to get to our mm-hmm. ninety minutes. Like this is this is a full length film yes. in nineteen seventy seven. There was room to chop yeah. if you wanted to cut. Yeah. And so, uh, so those are my two bads. Oz, what's your one? Huh. My my huh. How did independent hockey in the seventies actually work? <laughs> like, was it? Was it a show? Because I feel like, you know, it, nobody was, like, they didn't really, at least the Charleston, you know, Charleston, they really didn't treat penalties all that important. Mm-hmm. You could start a hockey game by just seven guys fist fighting each other. And, you know, and it's like, so was it, was it, you know, it didn't give the vibe that this was like, it's obviously it wasn't minor league, but... There were NHL scouts there at the end of the game. So was this a, was 70s independent hockey just uh, a glorified club sport? Or was it like an actual avenue to get people into the NHL? I was just confused by that because there didn't really seem to be a, obeying the rules and <laughs> and and the games and so i was like how do these games like who who even wins when you've got everybody just fighting for 90 minutes um how who wins the game like they won the championship because the the ref kicked syracuse out like 
there was no game winning goal, you know. So uh, that that was my huh is I don't understand seventies independent hockey. So. <laughs> well, it's kind of like uh, it's as we mentioned with the Bull Durham last week. You know, I, it, I I'm a big fan. Of, you know, we both you know, we both live in Illinois. I live in, you know in the Chicago adjacent area, and I'm a big fan yeah. of the local the score. You know, the local AM yeah, yep, AM yep. Uh, talk radio sports radio station out of Chicago. And uh, it, <laughs> all of the hosts across all of the shows, they have this sort of like shared, like narrative when it comes to hockey that like hockey uh-huh. hockey fans demand that they talk more hockey but talk less hockey. You don't talk about <laughs> hockey enough. Stop talking about hockey because you don't get because right. you don't get hockey. You don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk more <laughs> hockey, but since you don't get it, talk less hockey. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that. That's tough. That's tough to do. Yeah, it's like it's. It reminds me of uh, like the Paul Rudd, Jason Siegel scene in, where he's teaching him how to surf and forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pop, pop, pop up. Nope, nope. You popped up too much. Popped out. <laughs> pop, pop up. Nope. You pop. It's like, you know, and it just gets to a point where it's really confusing. Like I don't know if I'm supposed to be up or down here. Uh, but yeah, for for sure, for sure, I could I could see that and. And you're right, like the scoreheads, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they are like that, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Talk more hockey. Quit talking hockey. <laughs> right. You don't even know what you're talking about. But you're not talking about it enough. <laughs> but since you don't know about it, stop talking about it. <laughs> we could not talk or talk <laughs> forever. <laughs> and still find things to not talk about. <laughs> not to talk or not talk about. <laughs> Uh, my huh, How about you? What's your my huh? I'm coming up with one on the fly here because my original huh, you, you kind of worked into your bad. My original huh was, what's really worse, a striptease or fighting? Um, right. So I'm going to say with my huh, this kind of builds off your, your huh in some ways. So if you don't understand 70s, like minor league, independent league hockey, I, I struggle sometimes to understand, and this kind of goes with that score bit we just talked about, I struggle sometimes to understand how does one get into hockey culture? Cause it definitely, hockey definitely has like a subculture around it yeah. that other sports don't quite have. Like you don't see that necessarily with, with basketball or, or football baseball to a degree, as we talked about a little bit last week, baseball does have some sense of a subculture to it, but hockey definitely does. I mean, it's much more international. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not quite it's established in America. Like it's it's still considered one of the four major team sports in America, but it it, it, it kind of feels it kind of feels like, and and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm talking out of my butt here, but it it I feel like hockey has more in like hockey and the culture has more in common with soccer mm-hmm. than than any of the other major American sports. Sure, yeah, because it's, it's like it's I you you can go buy football, baseball, and basketball cards. Mm-hmm. You know, football, baseball, basketball, video games are top sellers. You know, but it's like, you know, but then there's, it's like the other. You know, it's like, you know, especially in America, hockey and soccer almost like cast-offs to where it's kind of like, and I know you're big on this, and I have, uh, when you you find out about a band before they become big. Yeah, yeah, I see where you're going with this, yeah. You you want people to hear them because of how much you enjoy it, but at the same time, you get mad when others join your party. Um, yeah. As I remember back in college, you 
I remember you being very irritated when Blink One Eighty Two hit. Yeah, <laughs> because you were like, you were like, but I knew about them first. That was my band, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, and so I, and, and so I, if I'm wrong, correct me. But I kind of, yeah, is it similar in that regard? Yeah, it's like, like for the for the good of the sport and the players, you want them to be get more exposure. But at the same time, like there's an ownership, like a possessiveness over it. Like that's that's my yeah, sport. Yeah. I, I don't want it tainted. You know, by you know, by you fair weather but, fans. But like, but yeah, or like Laker, Laker and Knicks courtside seats. Yeah, they're not full of fans. They're full of mo- they're full of money. Yeah. Whereas hockey, it's like, ah, bring them in. You know. Yeah, they're not. Ba- they're everybody not, has. Yeah, to sit they're not on the basketball fans. They the just glass. want to be entertained, or that's that's the place to be. Right. You know, it's it's the niche yeah. thing to do. Yeah, it's hockey fans are very rabid. I, I do. I love your your uh, comparison with soccer, and even the games themselves are similar. Like they both have goalies. It's both oh, back yeah. and forth action. You know, there's there's pen, you know penalties and, um, yeah, it's it's they're similar games, um, and and they're both both much more international. Um, basketball is getting there, but they're but uh, they're much more globally international than um, yeah. the other main American sports. Well, and and it's like they landed here last. Yeah. You know, which is also kind of a cool feature of like, you know, basketball created by an American mm-hmm. baseball. It's like we've shared that with the world. But I feel like, you know, hockey and golf and soccer, like there's so much of the world that is better at those sports than we are. Yeah. And I think just as our machismo American mentality of like, well, we can't have that. Yeah. That can't be popular here unless we're good at it, unless we're the best. Yeah. Well, and, and tying that back more directly in a slap shot, I, I did, I didn't bring this up earlier during the, the plot, but I found it amusing that Reggie had in his little apartment, he had a big American flag hanging behind his bed. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. and when I think I get the impression, like, you know, that Denny Lemieux is, is Canadian, you know, French Canadian, right. but you get the impression that it's still a very Canadian game, despite the fact it's being played in, um, in, was it Charlestown? Was it Pennsylvania? Is that where they were? I think it was Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I, I got the vibe. It was Pennsylvania just because of all the mill, yeah. you know, being a mill town and that's kind of the vibe I got. Yeah. But, and, and even, you know, like. Braden, you know, they made a big deal that he was both American and college educated. Like that was explicitly stated and they chose, right. you know, the set designers chose to include the American flag with, with Dunlop. Um, it's so it, yeah, it's, it's, you know, was, and, and to a large degree is still perceived to be a, you know, a Canadian sport, at least to Americans. Right. Yeah. All right, folks. I get it. Well, that's, that's 1977 slap shot. Oz, yeah. what do we got on deck next week? Oh, next week. I forgot to look. I think... I think it... Is it Talladega? I'm going to drive ahead and turn left. I'm going to drive ahead and turn left again. <laughs> uh, yes. Next week, we will be sharing the uh, John C. Riley vehicle, uh, Talladega Nights. I love how you framed that as the John C. Riley vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> We're sharing the so, Andy Richter vehicle, Talladega Nights. <laughs> That's right, right. Michael Clark Duncan, uh-huh. his feature film. <laughs> Jack McBrayer's Talladega Nights. That's right, Nights. Jack McBrayer. <laughs> the Amy Adams vehicle. Yes, yes. So, uh, the Leslie Bibb Talladega Nights. Leslie Bibb. <laughs> I think she's in it, isn't she? Yeah, I, yeah. Didn't she play? Yeah, she, she's the wife. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, we've got Wolf Ferrell's Talladega Nights next week, a uh, another roller coaster event <laughs> in our month of sports comedies. Uh, 
we put this one third. Um, I don't know why we should have put it first. Cause you're not first, <laughs> you're not first last. last. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I would say definitely of the, of the three movies, uh, that we've covered, well, this being the third that we've covered, uh, this month, this is definitely the most, um, ham fisted tongue in cheek, yes. make fun of the sport. Yeah. Uh, whereas Bull Durham and Slapshot, I think were, um, they were still trying to appreciate, yes. they were placing comedy in the, in the nest, in the nest of the sport. Whereas Talladega Nights is just taking a rip at NASCAR yeah. and the NASCAR culture, uh, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when, a when, an, and it has another Frenchman that interrupts <laughs> things. <laughs> Borat's in this movie. <laughs> Tiny pancakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crips. <laughs> Very thin pancakes. So. Uh, yeah, so join us next week as we cover Sweet Lord Baby Jesus and Talladega Nights. Uh, <laughs> What's your favorite Jesus? Uh, <laughs> Baby Jesus. I like my Jesus with a, with a tuxedo t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it is a fun it movie. It is, yes. It, it's it, very it, fun. It's, it's dumb. It is dumb, but it is it is fun. Uh, <clears throat> and so... Uh, for Let's Talk About Flicks, you know where to find us on mm-hmm. social media. I'm tired of saying it. Uh, if this is your first episode, go back and watch or listen to other stuff. <laughs> but you can catch us on all the social media channels. Um, and so make sure you're telling your friends, telling your coworkers, telling your loved ones. Grandparents love us. They do. Can't um, get enough. We go over no, huge no. in retirement villages. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think one of our two listeners last week was probably from a retirement mm-hmm. village. Yeah. Or your sister. Yeah. Uh, they do the They two. do bingo, and then they turn on the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, sometimes simultaneously. Yeah. And they just, they wait for us to mention a number, and then that's the number. Mm-hmm. Sometimes their bingo games are quite long, but they'll do it. Because <laughs> uh, if there's anything if there's anything people in a retirement home have, it's time. Yeah. They've got lots of time. So... Got a lifetime full of it left. Um, And so, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with Talladega Nights. So, signing off for Let's Talk About Flicks, I'm Oz. I'm Curtis.